Welcome to the Unfuck Your Health Podcast, where we get into all things training, nutrition, mindset, and help you unfuck your health. I'm your host, Brevin Jandrew. Let's get into it. What's going on, guys? Hope you guys are doing well. We are back, and we have a new segment to this podcast, as well as, I should say, both podcasts. I'm here with Brevin. What's up? And... I posted on social media and he did as well. Um, we are going to start doing a joint podcast every week and it's going to be more of a Q&A. We do like these random Q&As here and there. Like and we've, we've done a few together already and it's it's just been kind of like our normal like podcast during the week. But we want to start making this a, we're going to have one Q&A episode every week that's going to be shared on both my podcast and his and then we'll have our regular podcast as well. It's going to be sick as fuck. <laughs> yeah, I'm really looking forward to these. It's gonna be great. So you guys, um, the biggest thing is like, the, if you want to get the most out of these podcasts is definitely let us know what you want answered. Yeah, ask us questions. That's literally what we're here for. These Q&As are super cool because we can actually go really in depth with things. We can actually have a, a full answer for you rather than just like a, a really generalized answer. Like we can be really, really individualized with it to your specific problem. So like, ask us as in-depth questions as you want. We'll answer it. It's a lot of fun for us. And it gives you super free coaching, which is sick. Yeah. It's it's two perspectives too. I mean, even when we were preparing for today's show, like there's a lot of different things that you and I were both like, I I would take it this way. And you were like, I'll take it that way. And so like, I think it's great to get two perspectives from two different coaches as well. And guys like, and like you're saying, utilize this because there's only so much we can answer in a post or a text message or, you know, on, you know, our stories when we do the Q&A boxes on our stories. Like, there's only so much we can answer there. So this is really when we can go really in-depth, really nerd out on all this stuff, and it's a lot of fun. Yeah, I mean, and the whole point we both started our own podcast was because, like, we, we like hearing ourselves talk. So we'll talk for hours <laughs> about stuff. Maybe you do. I, I not so much. Eh, maybe. <laughs> all right. Um, but, man, we haven't had – we haven't been on the podcast – Last time we were it was right before we left for Australia. Yeah, it feels like it's been forever since then. So much, so much has changed and happened since then. So much happened in Australia. It was a super, super cool experience. Um, we got to hang out with some kangaroos. We got oh, to hang out with a koala, and they are as cute in person as you see in the pictures. Um, and they're also very soft, sleepy, and hungry, which yes. is super cute. Yes, they are. I will say I... As much as I love the koalas, the the kangaroo experience was a hundred times better just because we got to actually go like, it was so funny. We got there and they they gave us a little bag of food to feed the kangaroos. And we're like, all right, cool. Any normal petting zoo, you walk up to the fence, you try to like stuff your hand through the fence to try to be able to feed them or like pour the food basically over the fence. And we get to the kangaroo spot where it's like kangaroo feeding. We're like, okay. And next thing you know, we're literally walking into the area with them. You know, Chase was literally sitting in a pile of kangaroos. <laughs> like, I, there's no better way to describe it than a pile of kangaroos. It was awesome. Um, there was some super sleepy jacked ones. There were some little babies. It was an awesome experience. Um, we got lots of cool pictures. It was just a lot of fun. Um, we also came home came home with the gold medal. Um, yeah, we the did. Why we went there, which is super cool. Um, I got personally got to help uh, someone coach someone else to another gold medal that day, which is really cool. And not only gold medal, but she is now the number one in her class yeah, as yeah. well. As of yesterday, she's the number one 52 kg drug tested power lifter in the world, um, which is super cool. Shout out Andrea. I was going to say, go give her a shout out. We got to give her a shout out. She's, it, she is one of the most badass people <laughs> I have ever met. Um, if you don't follow her, go follow her. She's fucking awesome. We'll drop her handle in the show yeah. notes if you want to go follow a little badass um, to an amazing powerlifting career. 
Um, she, she's a lot of fun to be around. Yeah, it was funny. That was the exact word that I was thinking of was badass when, when you were going to start to subscribe her. And she really is. And she's just a little ball of energy. Yeah, and it's she just was. so fun to watch her compete. And like, <laughs> I, I laughed. Like, you know, there's some people like they prepare, like, you know, like either like, you know, little pat on the back or like hey like let's you know get me all piped up oh, she's sitting there beat the shit out of me before i go on that platform <laughs> like fucking okay god damn um but no it's truly an amazing competitor that that mindset is next to none it's really really cool to see and be a part of um so again shout out andrea for being a badass congratulations yes that was awesome yeah, but other than that, Australia was just freaking awesome. I had a phenomenal time. Definitely the time difference wasn't as bad as I was expecting. I was definitely It was crazy though. We started out at 14 hour time difference and then with 16. the time change here, we ended up at 18 hour oh, yeah, time 18. difference, uh, which is just absolutely insane. Um but other than our uh travel issues which we will not get into um i'll just say guys don't ever take air canada i'm gonna leave it at fuck that. air canada go leave them a really bad review please i already did <laughs> i'm talking to everyone else just go bombard them with, with terrible reviews um but overall super fun experience um i definitely will be going back at some point um it, it was a lot of fun i'm glad we went what was your and I promise we'll like, guys we'll we'll get past this in a moment. But this, there was a lot of really awesome stuff that happened. But what was your favorite area? So we went to Brisbane, Sydney, and Gold Coast. What was your top? Oh, that's a tough one. Definitely not Gold Coast. Gold no. Coast reminded me of Tampa, Virginia or, Beach. Yeah, it reminded me of just one of those like really shitty touristy places. Um, so definitely not that like Fort Lauderdale. Yeah, exactly. Um, so I would have to say. I really, really enjoyed our time in Brisbane. Same. Um, I think that we not only had the coolest spot to stay, um, things were just awesome in Brisbane. Um, our view was sick as hell. Um, we got to do a lot of really fun, really cool things. Um, it was a really walkable city. Yes. Now, I will say that Sydney, being right on the harbor, um, be overlooking the water, overlooking the city. The first night, it was so cool. Oh. We 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 got to the, we got to Sydney. We went out to dinner. We got home late. It was dark outside, and we literally like all were like, "Hey, let's just go sit on the patio." It's beautiful weather down there because it was spring down there. We go sit on the patio, and next thing you know, literally as soon as we got to the patio, fireworks are going off above the harbor. And we're like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> like, out of nowhere, we found out that like apparently it's something they do every Saturday, but it was a super cool experience. Um, but yeah, I would say that Sydney, Sydney was really, really good. That's like the place that I think of when I thought of Australia, yeah, the like Opera House. Sydney. Yeah. Which was beautiful. Um, we didn't find Nemo though. No, we looked, but we did not find <laughs> apparently him. 42 Wallaby way does not exist, which, which is was so dis that like completely ruins my childhood, <laughs> but it is what it is. We watched the movie anyways. Yes, we uh, did. While we were there, which I thought was cool. Um, but yeah, I think Sydney reminded me a lot of like Chicago, right on the water, a really big walkable city. It was really cool. Um, so I really enjoyed it, but I'd have to say I enjoyed my time in Brisbane the most. Yes. And I will, one last thing, just because it's so funny, I want to bring it up. I'm so glad we decided not to rent a car. Oh my God. Because talk about the biggest mind fuck of the entire trip was watching people drive in the passenger seat on the wrong side of the road. Yeah, I can't tell you how many times one of us almost got in the driver's seat. <laughs> or like, the Uber pull up. We try to get in that seat. <laughs> we're looking and we're like, oh my God, we're going down. Like, oh no, never mind. We're fine. Like, just just really <laughs> glad that we didn't have to deal with that. Um, it allowed us to enjoy our time a little bit yeah, more. Yeah, it worked out because we were we were actually like trying to rent a car and it ended up being an outrageous price. And so we're like, all right, we'll just Uber around instead. And I'm very glad we did. Our first Uber ride, we're like, yep, good choice. <laughs> yeah, we definitely made the right choice. But overall... 
10 out of 10 recommend Australia. Um, it was cheaper. It was cool. Everyone was nice. It just had a slower pace of living from what I could see. Um, it was really cool. Definitely want to go back eventually. For sure. All right. Well, let's dive into these questions here. Um, I'll let you go ahead and hit off the first one. Cool. Um, so we have what to expect after your first maintenance cycle. I think this is a really cool question. I'm going to let you, t- we kind of talked about this a little bit. Um, and this is one of those, like we took it in a slightly different direction. I want, I want you to take this first and then I'll kind of bounce off of you. Yeah. And, and this actually came from one of my clients. And so I think, you know, I'm going to take it from the perspective, um, that I'm hoping that she, I mean, when the, the when the question first came up, I, I really wasn't sure what direction she was taking it. So I'm kind of taking it what I think she's taking it from. And, we, and we'll tell, like he said, we'll elaborate on different things, but when, you're going to maintenance for the very first time. You know, it's a lot of unknown. People are not used to going to maintenance. You know, they're, they just use a fat loss their entire life. And so first time of maintenance, increasing calories, getting them higher than they've ever been before. And then it's like, all right, well, how long should I be at maintenance? And then what to expect afterwards? And the way I look at it is it's going to make your fat loss phase easier the next time. Because if you ideally get it correct and you push your calories as high as you could, then you are going to have better results because you're not going to have to drop your calories as low the next time, which is going to help you. Like you get to eat more food and still lose weight and getting the same results you would in the past having to eat less calories. Um, that's definitely one thing. Um, and then also, I think looking after your first maintenance cycle, I think it's just, I mean, hopefully during that time you've spent, you know, gaining some muscle and again, it's also gonna help with the next fat loss phase. I mean, that's kind of the main take I took from it, but I'm also curious to hear what your side of it was as well. Yeah. So my first thought when I heard this question, um, and it's a, it's a fantastic question because so many people focus on like, what do you do in the immediate, not like long term. And I think if you can think long term, you're going to have much better results. Um, so my first thought on this was like, okay, at the very beginning of all of this, we have, we have to have really, really definable goals. Well, if your goal is to lose 100 pounds, well, you're not going to do that, or at least you shouldn't do that, in one fat loss phase, <laughs> um, which is funny. We'll get to that later. Uh-huh. But you shouldn't do that in one fat loss phase, and I'm saying that as someone who did that in pretty much one fat loss phase. Same. Um, yeah, most people that I, I've talked to, um, even Abigail, yeah. um, she, she did the same thing you said. Um, and and a lot of us make that mistake and that's why we're here to help you through this. Um, but yeah, um, if your goal is to lose a hundred pounds, awesome, cool. We have a very definable goal. We want to lose 100 pounds. Awesome. We know we're not going to do that in one fat loss phase. So we have to periodize this out over 12, 18 months, um, 24 months, even two years. Um, so you're going to have different phases through, like you said, that, that maintenance phase is going to, um, kind of bridge the gap between your fat loss phases. Um, and, and it's going to make your, your next fat loss phase easier because if you're just constantly dieting, 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 you're going through so much metabolic adaptation. Um, you're feeling hormonal issues. Um, you're feeling, um, biofeedback issues, sleep, hunger, recovery, energy, digestion, stress, um, sex drive, all of these things. Um, you just can't diet forever. Um, so I think that once you go through that, let's say you lose 40 pounds during your first fat loss phase. If you have a hundred pounds to lose, losing 40 pounds in one fat loss phase isn't out of the question. Um, well, what do you do after that? Well, you go back up to maintenance, you reverse some of those effects, you give yourself a break, able to actually enjoy life a little bit more, not be in a diet because dieting, yes, it doesn't have to be restrictive, but it is restrictive by nature because you're literally cutting calories, which is what restriction is. But that doesn't mean you have to be restrictive in your life choices, um, or in your food choices. I'm a whole nother tangent for another day. <laughs> um, but 
once you get back up to that maintenance phase and you, you reverse some of those metabolic adaptations and you get into a good spot physically, mentally, emotionally, you have to ask yourself because goals are ever evolving. Like if your goal was to lose hundred pounds and you already lost 40, well, once you get to that point and you're ready to go into another fat loss phase, like, do you still want to lose more fat? If so, diet. If you're like, no, actually I'm really happy with how I look, how I feel after that 40 pound fat loss. Awesome. Goals changed, goals evolved. Now we go into a, maybe we're focusing on strength. Maybe we're focusing on mobility. Maybe we're focusing on building muscle. We have different goals we can start to attack. So that's where it gets really cool is like your goals can evolve throughout time. So that's why like fitness is a lifestyle, Mm -hmm. not just a fat loss phase. It's not always have to be about that. And I think that you and I can kind of attest to that. Like, no, we're probably not where we want to be right now. Um, Like we've both lost a significant amount of weight and we've been in, in a happy spot before. Like, are we in that spot right now? Maybe, maybe not. But our goal right now isn't fat loss. Our goal right now is to get fucking strong as hell <laughs> and be able to put up the biggest total we can on the platform. That has nothing to do with fat loss. Yeah. Like, we're actually eating a lot of food right now. Um, rip our grocery bill. Oh, uh-huh. gosh. Let's not talk about that. <laughs> but uh, Go find me in the link in the, uh, in the, down <laughs> right. in the description. I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, but that, that's where, like, you, you your goals can evolve over time and, like, yeah, maybe you want to go into another fat loss phase and you lose that hundred pounds um, through two or three more deficits and a couple maintenance phases in between that. And it took you two years to lose a hundred pounds. But at the end of that, that two years, you have a fantastic relationship with food. You spent time building muscle. You've spent time rebuilding your hormones and your metabolism. You spent time not dieting, actually feeling good. Like you're going to be so much happier than dragging yourself through a two year or a one year long diet. And on the other end of that, I think the biggest and most underrated part of all that is you're way more likely to actually keep it off if you practice not being in a deficit. Mm -hmm. Because what happens when you're done with the deficit? Uh, If you don't know, then like good luck keeping that weight off. So like you have to take time like practicing in between that. And that's kind of a way that you can view it. Well, and not even just practicing, but I I think it almost kind of tied into that mindset piece of stuff is like you have to start showing yourself that you are capable of keeping it off because right now your mind is probably programmed to like, Hey, like, yeah, you can lose weight all the time. You do every single year for every, every new year's resolution, but you always get the weight back. Well, yeah. And I think that like, it's literally weight loss is only half the battle. Maintenance is the other part that no one talks about. Maintenance is the hard part. Yeah. A (laughs) hundred percent. That's, that's by far the hardest part. Like you can lose weight doing keto, intermittent fasting, whole 30, paleo, fucking anything in the world. Weight Watchers, but like none of those things teach you how to keep the weight off and you're constantly going back and forth to these other diets and not keeping the weight off. So why don't we take time and learn how to do that? Yeah. And like, and like I was going with the mindset pieces, like, you know, you want to show yourself and prove to yourself that you are capable of keeping the weight off because if you don't, then when you finally do get out of that fat loss phase and you go to maintenance for the very first time, your brain's not going to be like, not going to know what to do at that time. And and the, the more you've lost in that fat loss phase, the harder it's going to be to keep it off because you've never practiced during the, keeping that off versus somebody who might lose. Let's say you have to lose 100 pounds. Let's say you lose 25 pounds and then you take a break at maintenance. One, you're yes, you are practicing. We can say it that way. But also you're proving yourself, hey, I can maintain 25 pound weight loss. That's freaking awesome. All right, cool. Let's lose some more weight. Let's say another dieting phase later on. We lose another 25. We're down to 50. Sweet. Let's prove to myself that I can keep that off for another three to four months. Sweet. I'm ready for another dieting phase. 
There's another 25. All right, sweet. I proved 75. And then each time you're just proving to yourself, conditioning your brain basically to say, hey, I'm capable of doing this. Yeah, I mean, I, I very much agree with that. Um, changing your identity is a bitch. Yeah. Um, it, it's something that if you don't really work on, and again, as someone who went through a fat loss phase that was constant and struggled through the entire thing, for the most part, like, trust me when I say this, changing your identity is a bitch. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, you know, that's something you and I have been talking about like recently with you, like it been like, you know, after you finish that last deficit, we're like, all right, we're going to maintenance and I'm going to stay at maintenance for an extended period of time while you're going through like powerlifting prep and things like that. And I know that was hard for you, just kind of changing that identity to like someone who's always in a dieting phase or at least, and not always, I mean, you haven't always been in the dieting phase for, you know, for the past couple of years, but for the majority you have. No, unfortunately, um, I was someone who, uh, for the beginning of my fitness journey, I spent so much time in a deficit. Even when I started lifting, like I started lifting in a deficit. I lifted for a long time in a deficit. Like I've probably spent more time in my lifting career, in my fat loss career, or weight loss career, whatever you want to call it, um, dieting. And then I have spent time building muscle. And that's why I know it's the wrong thing to do. And that's why I do what I do now. So I can help people through that because I fucked up. I made those mistakes in the beginning and I don't want anyone else to do it because I know how much it sucks. And I know how hard it is mentally to have to do that. I would have given anything, um, to, to even know what a maintenance phase was at that point. I was just like, I want to lose weight. And that's the wrong thing to do. When I hired my first coach and he was like, he and she was a couple, um, shout out Kenny and Sarah. Um, they were like, yeah, we're going to reverse diet. I was like, what the fuck do you just say to me? We're going to reverse the diet that I just did. I've lost like 60, 70 pounds and you want me to not diet and you want me to eat more food. You're a psycho. And I had the craziest like, uh, body recomposition. Like I put on muscle so fast. Um, and that's why it's, it's really cool from where I'm at now. Um, coming out of another, another deficit, um, that I probably shouldn't have been in. Um, I, I didn't have a coach and I, I did stuff that I was like, hmm, probably not the greatest thing ever. <laughs> so like, even we fuck up yeah. and, and we had a conversation of like, you know, it, it's time. It, it's something that I have to do. I have to get comfortable being uncomfortable. I have to end the deficit and really spend time focusing on other things. And like, I feel fucking fantastic now. Like I love being able to go into the gym and like not feel like I'm dying through my workout mm -hmm. not have to push through that like actually being able to get stronger and enjoy some food like I had four cookies yesterday that was sick <laughs> the boy's eating and now he's getting strong <laughs> <laughs> all right let's dive into the next one here um and this one was actually something I actually just asked this um re recording this on Tuesday the 29th and I actually just asked this in the Facebook group today just out of curiosity and it was how long can you be in a fat loss phase for and it was really interesting, all the different variety of answers that I got. I got anywhere from four to six weeks. I got for as long as you can tolerate it. I've got, you know, until you reach your goal. I got, you know, two years. I, I literally got anything and everything in between. Exactly. And so I I feel like this would be a great place. Like I wanted to talk about it here. And then we'll, I'll send all those people that responded to listen to this response here because I feel like it's something that doesn't get talked about enough because we, we do think, you know, like how we just kind of piggybacking on our last conversation of, you know, after we get through a phallus phase or we, and we still have more goals to do, we still have more weight to lose. We're like, I'm not done yet. I want to keep going. I want to keep going. Yeah. And we push ourselves for sure. And I, I want to like preface all of this with saying like, 
the mindset piece of all of this is by far the hardest. And it's something that we both have struggled with and continue to struggle with. It's something that just because we're coaches and we know these things doesn't mean that you don't mentally struggle. And that's why both of us will always have coaches because Mm -hmm. it's always beneficial to have someone, some objective eye to be like, enough is enough. Like do this, do that. Here's what you need to be doing to reach your goals. Like take some time off And it is the greatest thing that's ever happened to either of us is to have someone tell us that stuff because you're always gonna be like, I can push more. I can do more. I can go a little bit harder. Mm -hmm. I can diet for a couple more weeks. And Mm -hmm. like, what are you really getting out of that? Yeah. Well, and, and you even had to ask yourself that. I mean, and I don't mean to like keep throwing like you as an example out here, Throw but me like, under the bus, man, <laughs> not throwing under the bus. I no, just think no, it, I do it. I, I just think I it's, this. I just think it's a fantastic example or in a real life example of even our own journeys. Like that last deficit you were in. I mean, like, how much did you want to keep going? But I, I definitely, I was like, I can push for probably another two months. And at this point, like, I'm barely making it through my workouts. I'm dog shit tired. And I'm just like, God, I don't even enjoy working out right now. This, It's not really, nothing's really happening right now. I'm craving things all the time. Like, my motivation is out, like, brain fog, like crazy. And mm-hmm. it was just like, is it worth it? Is yeah. it worth it to lose another 10 or 15 pounds? No, I promise you it wasn't. It was not worth it. I feel so much better now. Like I can actually function. I'm not tired all the time. I can get through my lifts. I can actually be present in life. Like it's Mm -hmm. so much better. Yeah, there's some days where I wake up and I'm like, damn, I wish I could like drop 10 or 15 pounds and like be where I want to be. But I feel so much better attacking a strength goal and, and building muscle and just becoming the best version of myself in that way. The other stuff will come eventually. But right now I, I focus on a different goal. So I think it's just also realizing like there are wins outside of the fucking scale. Yeah. And again, we talk about this shit all the time, but just know we talk about it doesn't mean that we're perfect. And I think that's what makes us good coaches is because like, not only have we been there, we struggle with the same shit you guys struggle with. It's like, I get it. Mm-hmm. You get it. We've been there. Mm-hmm. The shit's not easy. Otherwise we wouldn't have jobs. Exactly. Exactly. And, and I think, you know, just to kind of everything you just mentioned about, like, about all the things you were experiencing at the, towards the end of your deficit, how you were feeling and how credit you were feeling during that time, you know, you guys like, that's the kind of stuff that you want to be looking for when you're at the end of your deficit. And, you know, and again, this is very dependent on each person. Everybody's been differently. We can't tell you it's going to be X amount of weeks for, for your deficit. It could be, it really could be four weeks it, or it could be as long as 16 weeks or maybe a little longer, maybe a little shorter. I mean, like it really definitely one of those, like it depends questions, but there are boundaries on there. Yes. And I think it all comes down to, and to kind of summarize what you said, and this is something that, um, my former coach Jordan lips always used to say is, you know, is it worth, is the juice worth a squeeze basically? Like at what point do you, if you are not seeing any more results, you have two options. You can either one decrease calories or you can two increase activity and if you're already doing cardio you're already doing all the extra things just doing training getting all your you know, 10,000 plus steps every day and you're already eating you know 1800 1600 calories depending on you know that that's like super super low for a lot of people um, I know a lot of you guys are probably thinking that seems high but that's actually really low it's a whole nother conversation yes yeah, so we're not gonna go down that rabbit hole right now but um so if you're already stuck in those places, it's you really, it's like, is it worth it? Like you said earlier, is it worth to continue pushing on just for another couple pounds? When I think this is where like nutritional periodization becomes so, so important. And that's, that's a big scary word for some people really means just like planning out nutrition 
Um, and, and you should have a plan going in. Stick to the plan. Mm-hmm. Don't tell yourself, oh, I can do a little bit more. And that's why, again, having a coach is so important because they're going to be like, okay, objectively, here's your goal. Here's our plan. Here's how we're going to execute it. If you don't have an intro plan going into the diet and you don't have an exit plan, you need to reevaluate what's going on. And that's the issue with so many diets out there. Again, another rabbit hole, but so many things teach you how to lose weight, but nothing teaches you how to come out of that weight loss, maintain those things, kind of going back to question number one. So like have an intro plan, have an exit plan. And now it doesn't have to be hard and fast. Like you can go week to week and be like, hey, uh, we're going to have like a... Uh, 16 to 20 week deficit mm-hmm. and we're probably going to be looking somewhere around week 18 week 18 comes and you still have a little bit more you can push out you're still feeling relatively good cool mm-hmm. go a couple more weeks you're feeling like shit at week 16 cut the diet get out of it cut your losses or even if you say 16 to 20 and you get to week 12 and you're feeling like shit yeah. it's okay to pull out earlier yeah. i mean like it people think that like oh i failed because i didn't make it that long no you actually succeeded like if you made it to the end of your deficit and you're still successful and you managed to lose weight and, you know, pull out before, you know, it got really bad, then great. I think that's a win. So like, don't look at it that way. And I think that one thing that people do too often is play the comparison game. You're like, well, Danny down the street lost 50 pounds in three months. Awesome. Congratulations, Danny. But if we're going to compare, let's compare accurately and say, okay, what does their life actually look like? Well, they cut calories so low that they can't actually enjoy anything. They're not able to go out with their significant other anymore um, because they can't fit anything into their diet. They have a terrible relationship with food. They have no sex drive anymore. They've lost some muscle mass. They have no energy to do anything. They just feel like shit all the time. But hey, I lost 50 pounds. Congratulations. Or, or not even that. Like, let's just say he is doing it, you know, Danny down the street is doing it the right way. Maybe he's a construction worker that's out on his feet all day long. He works out five days a week. And he has a ton more muscle mass than you do. That's still not the right comparison there. Yeah. If you're going to compare, compare accurately. And the only thing to accurately compare to is yourself. Correct. Awesome. Well, let's dive into the next one. Um, go ahead. I'll let you take this one. Should I adjust calories when I'm sick? I feel like I'm not being as active and I probably shouldn't be eating as many calories as I normally do. That's a really, really good question. And I think for the most part, people way overthink this. And we're, I, 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 look at it of like, let's just keep it really simple mm-hmm. and be like, okay, what do we know is happening when we're sick? Well, we need to recover from being sick. Mm-hmm. Well, being in a calorie deficit probably isn't going to be beneficial for recovery. Your, your calories are literally your body's energy source. Yep. So like you need those things. If you are in a deficit of energy, you will not have energy to dedicate to getting better. Mm-hmm. Well, now you're probably going to prolong that sickness or make the sickness sickness worse Mm -hmm. so like maybe this is a great time for maintenance Mm -hmm. maybe this is a great time to be like hey you know what i'm really sick i caught the flu i caught covid um let's take a couple weeks at maintenance and just let your body recover rather than be like ah fuck it i can do it let's go let's drop calories again because i'm not moving as much no it's just gonna make your make yourself worse and i think on the other end of this um don't overthink it do what but, you can do. Yeah. It, it, even if you, you're you so sick, like, I'm not going to tell you if you're sitting there throwing up, you'd be like, go pound six ounces of chicken and a serving of rice and veggies. Like, dude, I get it. It's fucking life. You're not going to ruin your progress over being sick for a week. Even two weeks, three weeks. Like, guys, it's not that much going on. I mean, like, if you do the best you can and focus on getting yourself better, eating what you can eat, you know, maybe this is the time when, like, 
calories are more important than food quality. No, I'm not saying go eat donuts and stuff like that, you know, all day to get your calories in, but maybe you have to like, maybe you're not so concerned about eating the big ass salad every day when you're super sick. Maybe we do have to get something that's a little more calorie dense, like a, you know, really dense smoothie or something like that, or just something that's, you know, maybe it is the peanut butter and jelly uncrustable that (laughs) we both love. (laughs) No comment. (laughs) Um, You know, whatever it may be guys like that, or, you know, that, that tomato soup and grilled cheese, whatever it may be, that's just something bland. Or even getting in like liquid calories or like adding extra oil to things. Yeah. Like find a way to get in some calories because it's only going to help you recover from that, from that sickness. Yeah. So I, I definitely think guys don't, don't one, don't force yourself to work out. Like, you know, don't make yourself go to the gym. You shouldn't go to the gym if you're sick, you know, especially. Yeah, that's actually good. I actually had a client text me today. be like, yeah, no, I, f- I feel worse than yesterday. Do you think I should work out? Like, no, stay the fuck home and go to sleep. <laughs> make sure, try to eat as much as you can. Go to sleep. Well, one, it's just not good for your own self. And then two, like nobody wants those germs in the gym. Come <laughs> yeah, on now. Right? Um, yeah, yeah. And, well, and then when you're furthering that like recovery capability needs, like now your muscles also need to recover. Like you're just putting so many other things in jeopardy. Yes. Like it's not worth it. It's not. You're not going to lose progress taking a couple of days off. Not at all. Awesome. Let's go to the next one. Um, how can you tell when giving yourself grace and that's in quotes is just an excuse for not doing what you should be doing. And I love this question. This has come up multiple different times with, clients and even some in my Facebook group as well. And I'm sure you've heard it as well a good bit too. And, you know, having that grit and grace conversation of like, when is too much grit and when is too much grace? And I was actually just talking about this on a um, live that I did last night about, you know, a lot of times people fall into one or two spectrums and, you know, yes, you can bounce back and forth, but with the majority, a lot of people either are either someone that gives way too much grace and has no problem giving themselves grace, but never is really gives that grit when they need it. And then you have some people who are really good at grit and pushing through everything, but they don't know when to pull back and give themselves grace. Yeah. I I feel like it's really hard to, for people to be like in the middle here. Most Mm -hmm. people that I see are on one side versus the other of like, yeah, you know what? I can do some more. I can go more into a calorie deficit. I can do a little bit more cardio. I can do another set or 10 or like, you know what? I'm a little tired today. Probably not worth the, the recovery risk. I'm going to take these last four sets off. Yeah, no, it's, it, it, but it also just like, I, I think it's important to in the moment and, and and I'm not saying this is easy by any means, but in the moment, like ask yourself, like if, like if you find yourself trying to give yourself this grace or like whatever it may be, you know, skipping the gym for the day, let's say, let's use the example of skipping the gym. You didn't get much sleep last night, but you got you got about your average. Maybe it wasn't great sleep, but you get up and you're like, you know what? I'm going to go to the gym today. I slept like crap. I'm just not going to go to the gym. Well, let, let's take one second and actually think, why am I not going to the gym? Is it really because I didn't get good sleep or am I just using that as an excuse to give myself some grace to skip the gym when I know I could definitely go to the gym and get a, work, a decent workout in? Yeah, I, I think a lot of this you even have to look at is like, one way or the other, one extreme or the other is a form of self-sabotage. Yes. Like if you're like, no, I can always push more. Like that's a form of self-sabotage. Like, you know, that's not true. You wouldn't tell your best friend to do that. So why are you exactly. doing it? You wouldn't tell your best friend to uh, just skip the gym. They'd be like, no, go to the gym. You pussy. Stop. Just work through it. <laughs> like something is, is better than nothing. Like stop doing that. Yeah. And I think you just have to really become objective with yourself. And this is where like, again, we're, we're, don't doesn't have to be Chase or I, but have someone in your corner. 
I think having a coach is so, so important because they can tell you like, no, come on, you know, you can do a little bit more than that. Like, let's be real. Let's be honest with yourself. Or like, yeah, you know, no, no, it's okay. Like, let's pull back a little bit. Um, I actually had this conversation. Um, kind of goes off this a little bit. Like a win for some people is saying yes to things. Yes. A win for other people is saying no to things. Mm-hmm. We have to figure out which one you are. And it might be different day to day. Yeah. And it might be different experience to experience. Like it might be like, yeah, no, you need to say yes to to that cookie. Or like, no, you need to say no to the extra workout. You you've already have a past of working out excessively. Like it, let's pull back a little bit and know that we have to focus on recovery or the other end. Like I said, if you always say no to the cookie, like fucking say yes to the cookie. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, I think that's the most important thing guys is like, as hard as it is, learn to call out your MBS. Cause, and, and that's not an easy thing to do. And it hurts because we, we, we don't want to say that we're bullshitting ourselves, but oh, we know deep down, this is what I like to call becoming painfully self-aware. Yes. If you can become painfully self-aware, you can accomplish so many things and you can push past so many things in your life. But becoming painfully self-aware is not an easy thing to do. You have to admit when you fuck up. You have to admit when you're doing a good job. You have to accept the consequences of your actions. You have to be able to do these things. And you have to know that no matter what you do, good or bad, every action has a consequence. Can you deal with those things? Become painfully fucking self-aware. It hurts sometimes. It sucks sometimes, but you have to do it. Yep. Yep. And it's not, and there's gonna be times when, trust me guys, you're going to try to call yourself out and your, your little inner self is going to be like, nope, nope, nope. It's okay. It's all right. You know, you don't have to do that. And it's going to try to, you know, push that back down into, you know, I'm trying to use an analogy here, but I'm not really forming my words together here, but you're, you're going to try to shove it off. Like it's no big deal. But you have to call yourself out on it and stick to that. Yeah, and I think that part of becoming the best version of yourself, going through a fitness journey and stuff like that, is learning to become painfully self-aware. And this even comes into things like, um, like emotional eating, binge eating. Like if you can understand your triggers, why, when, where, who. Like again, painfully self-aware. And, and even some of it will come into like, hey, people aren't supporting me on my fitness journey. Who, when, where, why, all the W's. Mm-hmm. Like, cool, if you understand that, like, might be time to cut some people out of your... I actually had a client this this uh, this past check-in um, who decided to pull herself out of her family Thanksgiving because she knew going there was going to cause her more um, mental stress um, and it wasn't going to be good for her mental health. She was finally in a good spot. So she's like, I'm just not going to go. Like, yeah, it sucked missing out, but she felt really good about like spending the day with her dog by herself, like going to a friend's giving instead. And like becoming that self-aware is fucking huge. Like that's an awesome win and something that she was like, eh, kind of casual. I was like, no, fucking celebrate that. Like that is mm-hmm. awesome. Most people can't do that. Yep. It's not an easy thing to do, but once you do, it's so freeing. Awesome. Let's move on to the next one. Um, this one, I feel like this next one we can kind of take pretty quickly. And then we got one more after that. Um, and gosh, we're already 40 minutes in here. God, we talked too much. <laughs> well, we did spend like 15 minutes talking about Australia, but Australia it was worth was sick. it. <laughs> so I'll let you hit the next one. How important is meal timing? Um, so I have kind of visualized with me here for a second. Um, I have a pyramid that I utilize um, with, with my clients and stuff like that. Um, and I call it the 90-10 pyramid. Um, or, or like what really matters. Um, so at the bottom of the pyramid, the 90%, things that are going to dictate 90% of the results you get, especially if your goal is body composition and fat loss, it's going to be adherence. 
calories, macros, micros. If you if you're hitting those things, you're going to achieve 90% of the results that you want to achieve. Now the other 10%, meal timing, meal frequency, supplements. Those are things that people way over concern themselves. Mm-hmm. What I call missing the forest for the trees. Yep. Like they're so ingrained in these small little details like okay how many meals do i need to eat how many times a day do i need to eat what supplements do i need to take and they're not even adhering to the plan that they're actually on they're not able to stay consistent with any of these things they're not eating high quality foods they're eating mcdonald's six times a day they're like bro but six times a day is more anabolic like come on okay (laughs) we have to we have to really take a step back and look at these things so like Meal timing's in that 10%. If you're not doing the 90%, if you're not really, really, really consistent with the 90%, don't even concern yourself with meal timing because it's just going to confuse you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. And I think that, you know, you pretty much summed it all up there. But guys, like for the majority of you guys that are listening, you probably don't need to be concerned about that. But we will give some insight into meal timing. Um, yes. Meal timing can be important if you do have performance goals um, or if you do really want to push yourself and you've already become really consistent with that 90%. You're like, I want a little bit more. I want to know a little bit. I want the most optimal thing that I can do. Awesome. But I want to warn everyone, giant asterisks, everything. <laughs> um, if optimal isn't practical, then it's not optimal anymore. Correct. So we have to, we have to again, keep that in mind. Um, so if you take anything away from this, this question, it's don't over concern yourself with it. But generally when I, when I talk about meal timing, um, with clients or athletes, it, it's talking about like around your workout. Um, generally we want 20 to 40% of our carbs before and 20 to 40% of our carbs after our workout to fuel our workout and, um, to recover from that exercise, mm-hmm. kind of think of glycogen or carbs, um, as your fuel source, you want to make sure that fuel tank is full. You're depleting that fuel tank. We want to refill that fuel tank. Um, we want to keep our fats as far away from our workouts as possible because they are slower digesting. Um, so they can kind of sit on your stomach. And once you go away from that parasympathetic state, they're a little bit easier to store as fat. Um, not that they will be stored as fat. Um, don't misquote me on that. Um, (laughs) but again, um, the majority of it is, is way too, people are way too concerned with it. And it really doesn't matter all that much unless you are a high level power lifter, a high level athlete, or, you have some like really crazy physique goals, then like maybe that stuff matters. Or the, the client that I actually had a conversation with this about, mm-hmm. um, it, it matters a little bit more for him because he's not only a runner trying to qualify for the Chicago marathon, which is badass. Nice. He also wants to have some physique goals. So like we have to be pretty in detail, in depth with some of these things like meal timing, frequency, um, what supplements do you need to be taking? Um, yes, the 90% matters, but like that stuff's already pretty important to him. Yeah, for sure. Awesome. Well, let's dive into the last one because um, I know this one can also be a little bit more long-winded, but I feel like this last one, um, someone asked for like some tips dealing with gym anxiety. So let's just like kind of like, bounce it back and forth between it, like just one each on these uh, back and forth between them. Yeah. So um, I think the, the the first one that comes to mind for me is like, have a plan. Like go yeah. in, if you go into the gym and you're, you're like, I don't know what I'm going to do. You're going to walk around and be like, oh my God, everyone's staring at me. I look like an idiot. I don't know what I'm doing. And then you're going to get super anxious and leave. Yeah, you know how I know that? Because I've been there. Yeah. I walk into the gym, you're like, oh, fuck, I don't know what I'm going to do today. Oh, the machine, the one machine I knew I was going to do is taken. Ah, fuck. A lost puppy. Yes, exactly. So, like, go in there, have a plan, know your sets, your reps, know the machines. Like, even if you have to look them up on YouTube first, or like your coach sends you videos of them, like, look at them before you go so you have an idea of what you're doing. So then you go in there and you're way more confident because you feel more comfortable. Anxiety is the stress or uh, of the unknown. Yeah. Exactly. Make and, it known. 
Exactly. And then next I would add, um, you know, not only like going in with a plan, but also I would try to look at, you know, getting more comfortable with the gym itself and the people that are in there, you know, maybe it's like going through, I know a lot of gyms offer like a gym orientation, yeah. like that'll take you through like all the machines and some of the different weights and some general stuff, general, general workouts. Um, but then also like one of the best things that I have ever told my clients to do is like a lot of times, like the cardio section or whatever, is usually kind of like a, a lot of the treadmills, like you can get on and like kind of see the rest of the gym. I say, just go hop on a treadmill and just observe. Like just that's that's where you can like you know don't be the guy that's like staring at people at you know, while you're on the treadmill, but go get on the treadmill and just like look around like what are people doing how are they using the equipment you know how is the flow going you know and don't be afraid to ask questions while you're in there like ask the trainer for assistance ask the you know the big strong guy that's in the gym trust me he'll you'll make his day if you go up to him and say hey you look like you know what you're doing can you help me with this machine or can you help me spot me with this like they'll love that. Hundred percent, I agree with that. And I worked as a, an in-person trainer and the training director at a gym here in Grand Rapids for for a while. Um, and I think one of the best things to do is like, like you said, go talk to people or walk around. Um, so kind of bouncing off this and adding to yours a little mm-hmm. bit is like, go talk to the staff. Yes. Um, it was I was always awesome. I, I knew so many people from the gym. Um, like they'd come in here and they're just a part of my day, but like I'm a huge part of their day because I'm in there every single day. And for their two hours, hour that they're in there, like they always see me. So like have a conversation with them, talk to the staff. Like you're going to make the staff members day way better. If you're sitting there talking to them, like it's so boring to sit at a gym and do nothing. Mm -hmm. Trust me, I've done it. (laughs) Um, But also, like you said, yeah, most gyms are going to offer a free hour with the trainer. Um, yes, they're trying to sell you on personal training, but I don't think that's a bad idea if you don't know what you're doing. Um, one of my, one of my other points is hire a trainer or a coach. Um, again, not a plug for us. If, If we're not the fit for you, great. Find someone that is, um, but it, I think having a trainer at some point in your life just to learn some stuff, learn the machines. Like everyone's got a day one, like you have to learn this stuff. And like, like you said, if you go into someone in the gym and you're like, "Hey, you look big," or like, "Hey, you look, you know what you're doing," they're gonna get the biggest smile on the face. Like, oh my god, I fucking love you. I'll do whatever you want. I'll show you anything. Like that's the greatest <laughs> feeling in the world. But like, some of my best friends have come from a conversation I started in the gym, or like. Um, Sarah, shout out Sarah. Our our relationship started by a DM, like liking each other's Instagram, like DM, like, hey, I see you at the gym all the time. Um, I'm Brevin. Hey, I'm Sarah. Oh, cool. Hey, now we're friends and we hang out. Like, yeah. that shit's awesome. Gym friends are awesome. Yes, they definitely are. And, and I love that. And that's even like, we just started going to a powerlifting gym and the community there is just phenomenal there. So like, I, I agree with that 100%. Yeah, most people that are at the gym are not assholes. Yes, there's always going to be that one person. Oh, fuck um, them. Yeah, right? <laughs> But like, go up to someone say, "Hey, how do how do you use? Go up to a staff member. Hey, how do you use that machine? Cool. One time you had to go ask someone something. Cool. Or what? Like you said, walk around. Just get comfortable with the gym. Like you don't even have to do anything. Go walk. No one's paying attention to you. I promise you. Yep. And then next, I, I'm gonna kind of tie two of these together. Is like feeling comfortable going in the gym. You know, one, you know, find some clothing that you feel comfortable in. Like you don't have to wear athletic wear. You don't have to wear the oversized hoodie. You don't have to wear, you know, whatever it may be that you're not comfortable in. Don't wear something that makes you feel like a bad bitch. <laughs> exactly. Go go buy something that you feel comfortable and feel proud of working out in. Something that you want to put on and go to the gym in. Something that you that makes your body feel good. Don't force your body into clothing that you want to fit into. Find clothes that fit your body appropriately. And then secondly, feeling comfortable in the gym, I think also is your music. 
I am a huge music person when it comes to the gym. Love having a good playlist. Make an amazing playlist. You know, talk to your friends. Like I love like going on every once in a while I'll post on like Facebook or or Instagram even like, hey, what are some new songs for my playlist? Just getting some ideas flowing. People love getting their music going. If uh, you want some sick playlist, DM Chaser Eye and we'll send you our playlist. It is guaranteed fire. And headbanging. If you're in the EDM. But yes. Even if you're not, we'll get you into it. I promise you, you need it in your life. All right. We fair, both did. Fair. Um, right. I agree with both of those points 100%. Um, one of the things that I always like to tell people when, when we're talking about gym anxiety is like, realize no one gives a fuck. Like I, when I say that, I mean it. No one in the gym gives a fuck. Um, not only have we all been there, as long as you come in there and you're respectful no one cares what you're doing or no one cares that you don't know or that you look stupid. And all the mirrors in the gym are for people to look <laughs> at themselves and flex their quads, freaking tools. Um, Somebody's <laughs> self-identifying right now. Oops. Um, <laughs> that's my one feature, man. Um, but all the mirrors are for people to look at themselves, not to look at you. Because I promise you, if you see someone looking at you at the gym, they're probably not thinking, wow, that person looks like a fucking idiot. Don't know what they're doing. God, go home. They're like, did they think I don't know what I'm doing? Because I don't know what I'm doing. Yep. And then you're thinking, do they think I don't know what I'm doing? Because I don't know what I'm doing. And you're both looking at her like, oh my God, they think I'm dumb. <laughs> and in all reality, they're too concerned with their own stuff. They're too concerned with what they're doing. They're too concerned if they look dumb to give a fuck about what you're doing. No one cares. I promise. Yeah. Yeah, ex- exactly. And, um, you know, and to kind of just piggyback on that one there, I want to mention like a lot of people, are, they won't, a lot of people won't say it, but I'll be honest, like the the one or two times that people have come up to me in the gym, especially towards the beginning of my journey when I first started losing weight, the only time like two people that came up actually talked to me just out of randomly out of nowhere were to say, hey, I've seen you in here a lot. You're losing a lot of weight. You're looking good. That's one of the best feelings in the world. And so like, you know, this person's coming up to you like, oh gosh, you're shaking inside. You're like, why is this person walking up to me? Don't talk to me. Don't talk to me. Don't talk to me. And they say that and you're like, gosh, that feels amazing. It just reassures why I'm there and I have and I have permission to be there. Not that you need permission to be there. Everyone deserves to be in the gym. But it's just it's so much reassuring. Well, and even the other day in our new powerlifting gym, like you were hitting your squat PR yeah. and some dude was just watching and came up to you and just fist bumped. He was like, nice squat. And you're, I'm sure that felt fucking great. You're oh, like, I was, I was, I was dude, like, that's really? awesome. <laughs> like it, it's super cool when when someone watches you and like they're like, Hey, nice job. Or like you ask someone for a spot and they're like, hey, that looked good. And you're like, damn, yeah, I'm fucking awesome. <laughs> like, people want you to see. No one goes into the gym and like, I want to see someone fail today. No. I want to see someone struggle to lose weight. They're like, shit, I want to see you succeed. Gym friends, gym family, that is, those are the best people in the world. I love those people because all they want you to do is succeed. They want you to hit that PR. They want you to be able to walk around in the sports bra and feel confident. No one gives a fuck. Exactly. I can't stress that enough. Nobody cares what you're doing as long as you go in there and you're like, I'm doing it. Mm-hmm. Just yep. do it. Yep, exactly. Another one to add onto this list is if, if you are, especially in the very beginning, if you're really nervous about going, um, you know, try to choose like non-peak hours to go. Like, I feel like that's one thing that, you know, it can definitely help if, if you don't like going when there's a ton of people there, probably don't want to go first thing in the morning when, you know, people are going before work and you probably don't want to go like after work hours, you know, maybe I like hit it up like midday, you know, during like, you know, early, late, excuse me, late morning or, you know, early before work gets out. 
or, you know, lately at night, you know, sometimes even that can be a little bit crowded too. Um, but it all just depends, you know, find out like normally every gym has their own flow and members come and go at certain times. So, you know, kind of find out when that's going to be at. And, you know, if you're not comfortable just yet, then find a time that works best for you. Yeah, for sure. I think that's a super smart idea. Um, and I think that, um, I think we've hit a lot of really, really good ones so far. Um, but I think that this is kind of like a, a one or two part one. Mm -hmm. Um, have a workout partner, an yeah. accountability partner, a coach, someone to like give you some direction or just to be there. Like have a friend be like, that's kind of how you started your entire fitness journey was like, Hey, we're going to do this fitness challenge. You're like, okay, let's fucking do it. Yeah. 150 pounds later, couple certifications later, coaching later, <laughs> like look at where you are now. Yeah. And all because someone was like, Hey, we're going to do this. And you're like, Fuck, yeah. okay, cool. Um, yeah. so like take a friend, find someone, f go on uh, Facebook and like post in your town's um, group. Every town has a group at this point. Be like, Hey, <laughs> yeah. looking for a workout partner. Like, cool. Get to know someone. Mm -hmm. Um, have that person there with you. And I think if you can do that, it just makes things so much simpler, so much easier. And everyone enjoys having someone there with them. For yeah. The I, mean, I, I, I mean, I, I mean, I jokingly always say you're, you're my in-person trainer friend <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because I mean, like I, I work with, um, Angela, um, shout out to her. I have to get her on the podcast sometime. That'd be oh, awesome. That'd be sick. She's my powerlifting coach. She's a freeze, freaking badass and amazing person. Um, but anyways, long story short, she's my um, online trainer. And so it's funny, like now, you know, Brevin and I go to the gym pretty often together and he's always giving me pointers and tips. Cause I'm just like, it's like these in the moment things that I don't have a trainer like there to ask me. So I use him. <laughs> That's what I'm here for. I'm good for something. <laughs> for something, yes. I have to put up with the other time. So <laughs> that's all right. Kitty makes it worth it. Yes, she does. <laughs> well, I think that's all we have for you today. Um, I think that we talked enough. Yeah. Uh, what oh, are we at now? Fifty-three minutes. Almost at an hour. That's <laughs> <laughs> all right. We didn't hit an hour. We're good. <laughs> all right, guys. Well, we are definitely like we said at the beginning of this. We are going to be doing these weekly Q and A's. So please hit us up with some questions. You can. There's endless ways to get a hold of us. You can either email us, DM us, however you want to get a hold of us. Let us know. We'd be more than happy to add you. Add, we, I'd love to have like a big, long running list of questions that we can just pull from every single week. So guys, keep them coming. And you're not limited to just one. Literally, if you want to send us 20 questions, by all means, I'd love for you to do so. This is the best way to get free coaching. 100%. From two coaches. Yeah, Again, two different perspectives, two different ways to look at it, two different views. We don't agree on everything or we look at something slightly different and it might click hearing him say it, it might click hearing me say it. Mm -hmm. So like ask the question, what's it going to hurt? Yep, exactly. All right. Well, Brevin, I think that's all we have for today. We will see you guys on the next episode. See you guys later. Bye-bye. As always, I want to thank you for listening to the Unfuck Your Health podcast. If you enjoy the show and find it helpful, I'd love it if you would share it on your story so I can thank you for listening and leave a five-star rating review to help the podcast grow and allow me to impact more lives. As always, feel free to reach out with any questions or anything and anyone that you want to see on the show. Thanks again for listening to the Unfuck Your Health podcast. <laughs>